Yo, yo, Dogalo. Welcome to the Dogmenteers. We hope you are safe and not having any shallow breathing or certain symptoms. As of this recording, I'm hunkered down in my home waiting for news of COVID-19 to evolve in some way. By the time, oh, by the way, my name is Bob Sham, and you're listening to the Dogmenteers podcast, the podcast about documentaries, where each week, myself and a friend discuss a different documentary film. Might have hit you up with the information already, but we are flying by the seat of our pants. I suspect we will get some full regular episodes when we can, thanks to Skype. But after Akil and I recorded one episode from the Hillary docuseries, then coronavirus began to pop up in major U.S. cities. Shit got wild, and honestly, as much as I was reared up to watch a docuseries guaranteed to make me angry, in the height of all this, I just need some positive peace of mind, so... You might see some random drops of whatever on the Documenteers feed. The Hillary docuseries looks like shit anyway. I give it a one. But that isn't what we're discussing today. Felicia has returned and we are talking about something we both like. Wrestling. How cool is it that today's doc, Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows, is free on the director Paul J's YouTube. You should definitely check that out. Next week on the show, I really don't know, but there will be something in some format. I think we will have a documentary episode, but there's lots of balls in the air. And just as I am sure all your hairy balls are in the air, we will totally be fine. This episode actually drops in three weeks of me recording this. And who knows where all this will be by then, but I think we will be fine. Let's just hope those political scumbags understand that people might need some mortgage and utility relief. Some wrestling themes you hear in this episode are ones belonging to Brett the Hitman Hart, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, and the Viper Randy Orton. DocMateriesPodcast.com for more contact information. Sorry I don't have time to post original articles. I maybe did that once. Streaming is becoming a last line of entertainment in self-quarantine. If you appreciate us, you can help us in a way that costs you nothing. Simply recommend, listen, subscribe, Leave us five stars and a nice written review on Apple Podcasts so that damned Apple algorithm puts us in front of more ears. Be creative with those written reviews. A silly poem, copy and paste your favorite recipe, or just a bunch of emojis. A lot of us suddenly have more time on our hands, so help your pod brothers and sisters out. So let's put on our N95 face masks and nitrile rubber gloves and go buy a couple dozen eggs and then watch and discuss Wrestling with Shadows. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. I was proud of that hitman character. He fought for the right causes and he spoke up and he told the truth. He always fought so hard. I loved being a hero to people around the world. Felicia, welcome. Hello. It is recording right now. We didn't I didn't record that whole stuff about bidets. I'm really glad we didn't. That was that was a lot. I'm so excited to talk about this one. Last month was Listener Request Month, so we gave it to the people, to the and, peeps, and let them decide what they wanted, what, what they want us to talk about. Well, this month 
look, maybe there's a few wrestling documentaries going down this month and people need to accept that sometimes I want to do what I want to do. I just like wrestling. Yeah, I do. (laughs) To the point where it's like, why don't I just talk into a microphone all the time about that? Yeah. Even though there are like more wrestling podcasts and you can shake a stick at. I, it kind of disturbs me a little bit how many there are. Yeah, specifically about wrestling. Yes. Like there's also a lot of true crime podcasts, but But also wrestling. Wrestling alone. Yeah. So how would I how would I contribute to that? I I think I'd want it to be comedic. Yes. Because I think you know as much as I love wrestlers and people in the world of wrestling, I feel like I could probably be funnier than most of them. But you also have to have like a niche like like group that you talk about like yes like who would you talk about? I know I would talk about just specifically Stone Cold Steve Austin. Sure. And the Viper. The the Viper. Who's the Viper? Oh, my favorite, Randy Orton. I have voices. Yeah! They count for me. They understand. They talk to me. I love him so much. But that's all I would talk about. Uh, I'm Randy Orton. I'm a, the apex predator. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? You heard my music. That means I come out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just wrestle. That's it. I just want to say, Edge is a pussy. <laughs> Fuck Edge. <laughs> I don't even know who he currently has a beef with now. It's Edge. He came it's back. Still Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit him with the three most devastating letters in sports entertainment. <laughs> R K O. Did you see me on Raw two weeks ago? No. I RKO'd his wife. <laughs> it's true. I have to watch this now. Was it like a sneak RKO or was it just like a, was it like she was out and then he was out and then he just yeah, RKO'd her? Beth Phoenix was like, why did you do that to my husband? And I was like, I'm doing everyone a favor. <laughs> and then, yeah, he did everyone I, else a favor. And then I RKO'd her ass. <laughs> with the three most devastating letters in sports entertainment. RKO. RKO. All right, I gotta go. Wow, that's exciting. That was great. You got a celebrity guest. The best thing ever. You know, um, my wrestling, it's kind of odd because when I was really young, I was in love with wrestling. Like, I watched it all the time up until. God, probably 13, 14, 15, somewhere around those there. And it just so happened, and it was just being an adolescent and being distracted by yeah, the things that adolescents are. Teenage I never, shit. I never hated on it. But the time I started fading out, like literally what occurs in this documentary is one of the last things I remember. Oh, really? But And it wasn't that, like I said, I wasn't mad at it or anything. But I transitioned out as the Attitude Era was coming in. Mm, and, see, that's when I stopped, like... I probably started watching that or like knew about wrestling was right around this this time period. Yeah. And it's, you know, Stone Cold Steve Oz. I have seen matches by him mm-hmm. and The Rock like off and on over the years. A lot of people at this time are iconic. So yeah. I do know about them. And can, yeah. Even without having watched. But, it, but literally 20 years, I didn't watch hardly any wrestling. Around the mid 2000s, I'd turn <laughs> it on and be like, Oh, I only own five new metal CDs, not thirty. So not I don't 30. know. 
I don't know if I'm supposed to watch this. Metal or butt rock? Yeah, butt rock or yeah. new metal. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the big difference right there. But last year, I turned it on, and I just watched an episode of Raw, and then the AEW stuff started oh, going down. Yeah. So I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to check that out." And then I got apps. And then I got the New <laughs> Japan World app. That's a lot. Now I'm watching fucking Japanese wrestling and shit. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I am in deep. <laughs> it's like a it's like when you it's like when you're sick as a kid and you stay home and the only things that are on are like the price is right and soap operas and you get obsessed with soap operas. Yeah. That's what happens to me. And I'm in a place now where also I should point out my household has also been converted. <laughs> They're not going like if if a big Japanese show goes down, they'll be there for it. Yeah. But the random like They're road, not cool with the road two ones. They're fine with them. They're just like, there's too much rest. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure? Are you positive about that? But we'll watch we we watch AEW without fail every week. Okay. Uh Do you we, watch the after dark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, AEW Dark. I think mm-hmm. we're about a little behind. Yeah. And we also do enjoy NXT quite a bit, even though those are the two shows, like, rivaling each other right now. Mm-hmm. But those happen to be our favorite ones. I'll turn on Raw's, at this point, almost like background. When I, I don't hear... even know who's on Raw versus SmackDown anymore yeah. now. Like, SmackDown's on network TV right now. Yeah. And if I don't get to it, I just don't get to mm-hmm. it. I prefer my TV when I want to watch it, so yeah. it's a little hard. But yeah, I love wrestling. You know, who are your favorite wrestlers? You you pick the Viper. Mm-hmm. He might come out again if I he gets hope, mentioned. I hope so. And <laughs> I hope so. I feel like I would. Ha- it would be a long conversation for me to boil down my favorite because how obsessed I am right now. I mean, it honestly one probably depends on how drunk I am and who's my favorite wrestler at the time. Sure. If I'm really drunk, it's Ric Flair because yeah. I I love Woo Wednesdays. If you ever get a chance, watch one of his Woo Wednesdays on YouTube. It's <laughs> the best thing ever. So Ric Flair, Stone Cold Steve Austin, because you know I love a good beer chug. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah! That's the best. Randy Orton. Yeah. And Charlotte Flair. Yeah, Charlotte's great. Mm-hmm. I like Charlotte a lot. Mm-hmm. WWE's women's wrestling is actually pretty on point. It took them literally like 40 years to yeah, figure to, out to how to do Yeah, to figure out it. what to do. And then, you know, they brought in Ronda Rousey and yeah, mm, whatever. Becky Lynch is fun. I like Becky Lynch. Before the heel turn. Is she a heel or after the, she's She's back to being a heel again, isn't she? I was under the impression that she was almost like presented like a stone cold type character like not heel not face just angry and will punch you anyone for any reason well she was a face for a while yeah and then and then she went on a heel turn after like she lost to Rhonda or charlotte i don't remember which one she lost to <laughs> and that's when she became the man and i guess she's on that chaotic neutral chaotic evil whatever (laughs) some of our listeners are like is this really what we're going to talk about all month yes (laughs) now my i i could go back and forth on some of my favorites today but when i go to my top 10 there are three dudes Mm -hmm. that hit that for me and those top and my these three are from my childhood i remember them fondly Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest, literally. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. One of the great promos. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a person we see in this documentary, a rival, Shawn Michaels. Yes. 
I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. When I first got the WWE Network, the first thing I did was watch like 10 Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and my third favorite is the main subject of this documentary, Brett the Hitman Hart. This guy who is the conceptually is supposed to be a hitman, but he doesn't kill anyone and is actually really nice to kids sometimes. Kind of. And But yeah, we're, talk, we're watching Hitman Hart Wrestling with Shadows, directed by Paul J. This is an international film. Thank you, National Film Board of Canada, for <laughs> helping Paul J. make this film. Thank you, Canada. I appreciate this so much. Bret Hart is from the Calgary area. Did the, not know that until I watched this. The fam- Yeah, you're more of a modern fan. <laughs> Did not know that. From the, the famous Hart family, Stampede Wrestling was, Stu Hart ran that. Legendary stories. Nope, still didn't know that either. Coming out of Stampede <laughs> Wrestling. We see uh, Brett in India, and Brett is interesting. You can tell he's really feeling his status. He has he has a lot of respect for wrestling, as he should, but sometimes it's like a little too much. It felt it felt to me like he thought he was like the messiah of wrestling at times, which yeah. was like really uncomfortable for me to watch. Brett <laughs> takes himself very seriously. Yeah. You think of India where his kids showed up and waited for a whole afternoon for me just to come to the school. They couldn't believe it was like a god coming to the school. And it, and he takes a lot of things to yeah. heart. Whereas a lot of other guys in wrestling, they of course love wrestling, but they're going to be like, okay, I got to do the job. Yeah. And then we see Vince McMahon uh, telling him like, look, you're gonna have to lose in Montreal, and Brett's like, "What? Like, I gotta." No. He, because he's not from Montreal specifically, but he feels like he represents all of Canada. Yeah, and you don't, and he doesn't want to lose in his home country. I described events. I just assume blow my brains out would be the same, about the same. What you're asking me to do, and, and from a character standpoint, that's what I would be doing. I would be taking Brett the Hitman Hart would blow his. Uh, blow his brains out and it seems like the wwe of nowadays i've noticed that it look it must be a fucking backstage power move of course with vince mcmahon but when somebody is from a town on an episode of raw or smackdown that they mm-hmm. go to they job unless they're the biggest person oh yeah they job out oh and yeah it's like oh you're from here yeah you're gonna get like a roll distracted roll pin and yeah. there you go that's or your... like uh alex i think it was like alexa bliss like this was like last year probably there was a show in ohio don't remember what city but it was a city that she was from and all she she couldn't it was when she wasn't wrestling like when her wrist was hurt or something and all she did was just rag on the city for like 10 to 15 <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I just want to go to my hometown and just rag on, Shit the on city your own city and then walk off the stage and still get paid to do it. Yeah. I mean, I like Nashville, but I could complain about it oh, for yeah. like an hour. Oh, easy. yeah. And then we see an in- interview with Vince. He's going, no, Brett, screw Brett. I have no sympathy for Brett whatsoever. None. I have no sympathy for someone not doing the right thing for the business that made him, not doing the right thing for the fans and the performers and the organization who helped make him what he is today. Brett made a very, very selfish decision. Brett's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. Brett screwed Brett. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Brett. Brett screwed Brett. (laughs) No sympathy for Brett. And then we jerk back 
We're in Calgary with his son, Blade. We see Blade. A lot. Blade is all over this movie. The kid was kind of... There's... The best part with his kid is that he's just kind of there, like, emotionless. Yeah. Just just kind of there with his dad, wearing shirts for, with other wrestlers on it. There's a one point he's, like, where Brett's, like, Blade's, like, being a kid around him. And yeah. Brett's like, go look for the Bushwhackers or something. <laughs> just go. He talks about his rivalry with Sean Ma- It's It's mm-hmm. interesting. It looks yeah. like it almost functions like a daycare. Like, all these wrestlers just running around chasing each other's kids. <laughs> wrestling with each other's kids yeah and brett's like oh go fuck off somewhere backstage in this arena go go on yeah go find another wrestler and they'll throw you around it's it looks like fun to be blade just to just to be a kid running around with some wrestlers like that's all i want i mean with that name he's destined to be an 80s gang member but I wonder if he's how I wonder how old he would be now and if he would be into wrestling. This came out in ninety seven. Blade looked about eight. It's a little over twenty years, so he's pushing he's thirty. Probably he could He's pushing thirty. We gotta look and see if he's wrestling or what he's doing. I need to know what this kid's doing. Oh man. See I'm in pretty deep. I think I'd probably know if he was. Yeah, probably. He's probably maybe he's like in uh in a, on a hockey team or something. Oh probably. Hockey, hockey. I meant to say. Maybe he's on a hockey team. <laughs> Uh, we see some promos. We got the five best sharpshooters in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Bang. You know, like to sum it up, the Heart Foundation, we're going to get hungry and we're going to forget our manners. <laughs> I was shook. I thought these were all filmed live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you see so much behind the scenes shit. This I should. Not- it hurt me seeing that. The- it's rare to see this in wrestling. Yeah. You often will, a lot of times, just talking heads describing <laughs> backstage culture. But this, you're like, what was Vince even thinking? He's yeah. like, yeah, this this weird Canadian kid can carry a camera mm-hmm. around in the backstage. And they're practicing. You see him with the Hart Foundation. Owen Hart, his brother, who would die uh, falling, falling off of a cable, being rappelled in mm-hmm. and he, in his neck. Super tragic British bulldog um, who... From England, married into the Hart family, trained with the Hart family. He has so many brothers and sisters, and the brothers are all wrestlers, and all the sisters are married to wrestlers. wrestlers. yeah. And you see the mother there? (laughs) That was the best part. And she was like... When we were married, I said to Stu, how long will we be in this business? He said, about two years. So, 20 years later, I said, Stu, we're still in this. I can't like it. I didn't then, and it's worse now than ever I said well, I don't want the boys in it any of the boys and I want the girls marrying wrestlers above all you know anyhow you know the rest of the story they're all involved we couldn't be any into it any more deeply than we are you know it's a whole everything is wrestling yeah I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be so much about wrestling <laughs> Thought but it was just going to be two years. Mom wants a break. Mom is done. <laughs> and she was like, I don't want any of the boys wrestling. And I was, and I just sat there and just looked at her just like, did, did you, did you even try to win this argument at all? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. no. She's like, uh, it seemed like Stu's just going to do what Stu does too. Stu sounds like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. It was kind the of. Canadian I, Sly. Yeah. Yeah. A Canadian Sylvester Stallone would be a wrestling torturer like Stu, for sure. Oh my gosh, that scene killed me. 
with him just just like when they were showing the house and talking about Stu and like everything he did and they they're like oh yeah in the basement he used to like record videos of him wrestling and showing techniques off to people and you just how they pan around the house and then have these guttural sounds in the background yeah, like yeah. somebody's getting beat up in like a bdsm <laughs> like closet you could hear it through the living room there's a hole in the floor where the pipes have to go and it goes straight through to the gym my brother bruce sent owen in once to to uh, tape record this one guy he was actually really pathetic he was crying and weeping through the whole thing there's some country western song in the background and this guy screaming and my dad saying have some discipline didn't go quiet for a little bit you know that my dad was cinching up on the guy 10 or 15 seconds later the guy's screaming like, ah. that was the measure of a man and then you see like how old is Stu in this probably i mean he's well into his 60s has to be if not well older than that brett is 40 in this movie so Stu's probably like pushing 70 yeah for sure at least but when he puts that guy in submission and he's like look at look at the veins on his head look like killed me you know if he puts together the whole heart i almost said fart foundation fart foundation heart foundation the only one who's alive is uh is brett Owen Hart, his brother died. British mm-hmm. Bulldog ended up having a heart attack, as did Brian Pillman. I think there was, I mean, all these guys that were, had uh, troubles with steroid yeah. abuse or drug abuse. And Jim Neidhart, who was probably one of the last one of these guys to die. Not that long ago, Yeah, and his it? daughter Natalia is wrestling mm-hmm. now. But yeah, it's wild if you think about it. He's yeah. like, oh yeah. They're like, all we, dead. We see a lot of dead people in this movie. Yeah. And you see guys like Jim Cornette and Vince Russo, who's very notorious mm-hmm. uh, wrestling writer, who's not wrestling now, but is blamed for a lot of why wrestling sucked at a certain Oh, really? Period. Yeah, he's like, he, he says bro all the fucking time at the end of every sentence. <laughs> and guys like the Legion of Doom, I think they're both dead, I think. At least one of them's dead. Uh, Ken Shamrock, who is mm-hmm. wrestling for Impact right now. Stone Cold, who is... On the way to becoming a superstar oh, in this yeah. movie. Like, it's very obvious it's that... It's, like, right at the beginning of, like, the height of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Goldust, who is Dustin yes. Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And Goldust was also a favorite of mine. It was just... It was a very... Pro- almost You could, by modern standards, problematic in his homoeroticism. Yeah. It was almost... And Brett points him out as, like, his gimmick is, like, lays into homophobia mm-hmm. and now dustin is uh wrestling with his brother in AEW, and apparently dustin has like a transgender child oh i didn't know and that. like capes for them online like leave my kid alone wow so talk about an individual who's seen been through so much seen so much and is like actually changed well and especially like in that kind of industry too it's like in football where you you hear and read about so many so many of the players and athletes who are like they're homosexual and they don't feel like they can come out about it yeah, yeah. until like after they retire or sure. something happens. So I'm sure like it's very, if not worse, like similar in 
wrestling too. And Dustin, who's not gay, would probably be called these slurs for yeah. his character as Goldust for years. And I think what he did most of the time was just double down on it, like, oh yeah, yeah, and like try to like fuck with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best thing to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny, like looking on, at yeah, it for sure. Oh yeah, but um, but yeah, it's just interesting. He he's like a redneck too. I love a thoughtful redneck. They're my favorite. They're my favorite. <laughs> Like awful redneck. <laughs> not when you see a redneck and they say the opposite things that you expect the redneck to say. It's yeah. Like, oh wow, it's like the greatest when you get like a very progressive person with a thick southern accent, like Dolly Parton. Yeah, it's like the best thing. Yes, for me, the heyday was like in the '90s, and that yeah. was over 20 years ago now. Yeah. So. But when I describe wrestling to people who don't watch it, I actually compare it to like figure skating, and I think a hardcore people okay. would be like. What? Don't compare us to the sissy sport. <laughs> but like it's impo- it's performative yeah. and athletic. Yeah. Like it's no people aren't actually I mean sometimes they accidentally mm-hmm. do punch and kick the shit out of each other or hurt each other but but it's not it's athletic but also conveying something. I'm kind of surprised that more like theater majors aren't obsessed with wrestling. He like brought that up too about like he he said that like you'll notice that like I never actually hit somebody. Yeah. Like I I I put my punches and put my kicks in specific places so that it doesn't hurt them and you don't see like bruises on people the next week. Yeah. He takes great pride in that that yeah. it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. And which is uh, uh, weird because I think his position on that is almost in opposition defiance to how he was raised. Mm-hmm. Because dad was would like rough to train in fake fighting. Yeah. You would get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. You'd like get real fighting. Mm-hmm. And then you learn fake fighting. Yeah. And then he'd stretch your back. He must have like dislocated so many discs just oh my fucking God. with Stresses people. Stresses like me out. But I mean, you are right. Like it is, I am shocked that like more theater people aren't into it or more theater people go into being like part of WWE and wrestling like this because it is so theatrical and it's all about your character and all about what you're capable of doing without hurting somebody Mm, and your character. You could tell that Brad, he talks about his dad here and he's, he's 40. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm, at this age, like, like I'm about, I'm going to be 40 next year. So I'm thinking, like, I'm looking at my past, some embitterment at certain relatives, mm-hmm. but now I'm at this point where it's like, yeah, it kind of sucked, but I can just, it's just time to go forward. Yeah. But, you, but you're not necessarily forgetting bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, Brett is in that space. Like, yeah. He's got some complaints about his upbringing. He's like, yeah, that was, like, abusive. Yeah. He maybe wasn't a really good guy. But you can tell he's almost uh, very, he's also very close to his dad at the yeah, same time. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. But Stu was called a shooter, and which means real. Mm-hmm. Kayfabe is like the uh, the act of the wrestling, mm-hmm. where you're putting it on. When and if a wrestler starts re- for real decking you, it's a shoot. Shoot. And it's also called a shoot when a wrestler's like Stone Cold can go fuck himself, and like it's and it is real. <laughs> then they'll call it a shoot. A shoot. And when that sometimes wrestlers will have to verify with each other. It's like shoot. Like what? For real shoot or. Or are, we, are you joking around? What you doing now? Brett's main move was the sharpshooter, where he'd get your legs up, flip you over, get you in this weird pretzel, in this position, and then he flips you on your stomach, and then he leans back. 
And uh, it stressed me out. Yeah, and he invented specifically the sharpshooter maneuver. Yeah, it just looks like an advanced Boston crab where they just hold your legs, hold your legs, and, and just just do it. But yeah, th- I mean, Brett, we should convey to people who aren't wrestling fans: this guy is an icon. Oh yeah, like from an iconic family who invented wrestling maneuvers mm-hmm. and is still to this day just. I mean, he's a hall of famer. Yeah, in every respect, whether it be. The WWE's version or the Dave Meltzer's Super Wrestling. Oh, I nerd. didn't know he was the WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah, he was. A, I think he was inducted like last year. A fan like tackled him while he was giving his speech. Oh shit! And I'm sure Meltzer <laughs> put him in his Hall of Fame like a long yeah. time ago. I didn't think Vince would allow him back in. Yeah, it's well. A lot of people have swung and spat at Vince and then come back because. Vince, uh, the only thing uh, that weighs that's bigger than Vince's pride is money. And Fact. if he can make a few milli off you just showing up and doing a promo, then he's okay with that. Then he will he will cash it yep. in. Yep. No pride in that part. Nope. Brett tells a story of a bully and uh, <laughs> how he met with a bully after school. And because he was from the weird family, the weirdo family. Yeah. It doesn't mention this in this movie, but I read in a book. That they used to keep a bear around, like a like a it, like an animal. Yeah, a bear. Like it would sleep under the porch, and people would play with it and wrestle it and stuff. That could just be some legend shit. I I hope it's not, because that would be rad. The best thing. I kind of was wondering if that would get brought up, because I'd heard about that. But it seemed like if you wrestled a bear, if anyone was going to bring up the bear, it'd be the mom. Yeah, we couldn't be any into it any. More deeply than we are, you know. Yeah, we had the bear. We had a bear. <laughs> so Brett goes to confront a bully. He says a teacher said, wished him luck on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of teacher does that? Yeah. In, Canadian teachers. Cana- oh, good luck there, Brett. <laughs> See you at the hockey game. <laughs> but Brett, like, pummeled this kid and said that uh, other kids hoisted him on his shoulders. Uh, it, that's almost like a sure that happened. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna believe that more than the bear. <laughs> they called them all heart fart. Yeah, that was the I couldn't stop laughing the, about that. The easiest nickname for someone named Heart. Yeah, the Fart Foundation. The Fart Foundation. <laughs> I hope you put fart noises in. Uh, there was a line. I think someone had said this. I hope so because I wrote it down. But it said Stu was a sadist in the basement. Yeah, I wrote that down. Which just feels wrong to read that mm-hmm. sentence out loud. Stu was a sadist in the basement. We already talked about how he was hurting people. He loved it. When you went to go train to be in Calgary Stampede Wrestling, you were gonna feel fucking pain. From Stu. From Stu. A middle-aged man at this point doing this to like 20, 19, 20-year-olds. And they were big guys compared to, to him. He he talked about how like his dad was, when he's doing these stretch-out moves and, and stretching you and hurting you, mm-hmm. that his dad would like whisper in your ear like, this is it. This is, this is your last breath. That made me uncomfortable. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> when, when he said that, just like. He was a sadist. Was just, just gently whispering in your ear. You're going to die. <laughs> You, and people probably believed it, but Brett admits, like, I was deathly afraid of my father. I mean, I would be too. When I think of my dad's dungeon, I think all the sort of the real pain and the guys really screaming out. 
And maybe that's the difference between me and my dad. So I'd much rather have like a little toy rubber guy down here screaming. And then for some random fucking reason, Brett's like, had, there's this prop of a guy in an electric chair. And Brett's like... so bizarre to think that i want to have that in my house I have this in my house i don't know why i don't know that scene lasted way too long <laughs> i kind of loved how just, random it just, was just just like just showing that chair that prop chair <laughs> and then him just sitting on the stair and then just deadpan at the end of it <laughs> i was like yeah what? this is i keep this around i just keep it around i thought we were gonna go into some scene of a haunted house like no. it's halloween time it's like no, Brett just likes has this electric <laughs> chair prop hanging out. Just, just there. I would love. I wonder if it's still the same house. I would love to go up to the the the, the basement and just see it. They should, they should do tours of it. Wrestling fans would be like, yeah, Let, let's go, let's yeah. do it. Well, you probably got to go through a vice like grips and and uh and, and fight the bear in memory of Stu. Yeah, the oh. bear's like. Grand, great-grandchildren at this yes. point, maybe. Bears can live up to like 30-something years, I think. I don't know. Why am I talking about that? Stu wanted Brett in the Olympics, but Brett decided to train at the Stampede The Stampede. Wrestling. I mean, he trained all his fucking life. Yeah. He could just do this by the time mm-hmm. time came. And uh, it was, we see a young footage of a young Brett. I got to give it up to the director, Jay. He Paul Jay, he actually... The way he utilized old footage and stuff, he really got some interesting stuff He did do really good, do good stuff with that. And so you add that on top of like the the unprecedented behind the scenes footage. Mm-hmm. There's so many wrestling documentaries, like WWE documentaries, tend to be a little uh, uh, revisionist. I found. Yeah. It's like yeah. They they got one called the the ruthless aggression era uh, that's going on right now, where mm-hmm. they were like. Yeah, Vince changed the name to WWE because he wanted to make something different since it was a new attitude. It was like, no, Vince changed it because the World Wildlife Federation Made him. was suing them. <laughs> and he got a court order to just call it not WWF anymore. Oh, my God. And that's the the ruthless aggression. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's me. back. They understand. They talk to me. Hey, what's up? Did somebody say ruthless aggression? We sure did, Randy. What are you guys talking about? You know, Vince. Vince McMahon? Oh, yeah. Personal, close personal friend of mine. Good guy. <laughs> Moral, upstanding guy who pays me fucking stupid amounts oh, of money. Oh, I bet he does. Just to walk on stage and then walk right off. What are you saying about my friend Vince? You know, he's a he's a prideful man. Yeah. Very prideful. He sure is. What else you talking about? He's rich as fuck. You talking about the hitman? The hitman heart. What a pussy. <laughs> I could fuck him up. Probably could. I could like RKO his sharpshooter. His sharp Could 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 you get out of a sharpshooter? I would I would RKO it. <laughs> I'd fuck him up. Fuck it right up. He's such an old man now, it's funny. You're also a little old, Randy. Or am I reversing an age? That would be the best way to do it. I have so many kids. Have you seen how many kids I got? The little one's the best one that you just throw on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. All my kids' names are Randy Randy. Jr. (laughs) RKO. O. Uh, K. Brett had a kid named Blade. 
who my, wore Undertaker shirts. <laughs> <laughs> my kid's name is uh, uh, COVID-19. <laughs> I gotta go. Thanks, Randy. I'm kind of surprised Randy doesn't have better things to do than... Just stop in here and yeah. talk to us about... Brett Fart. Brett, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, St- Stampede Wrestling would be sold to Vince McMahon eventually, and uh, that started Brett's 14 years with the WWF, now the WWE. At this point, Ted Turner, who's doing WCW, and it's important to point out that WCW, the other wrestling show in the 80s and 90s, was actually doing killing WWF in the ratings at this time. Mm -hmm. It was the Monday Night Wars, they Mm -hmm. called it. And WWE would come out on the other side of it with the Attitude Era, with Stone Cold and The Rock and your Kurt Angles and shit like Mm. that. But Brett was offered by WCW, Ted Turner, $9 million for three years. Now that seems like chump change for any of their contracts. For the mid-90s, that that's was a huge. lot, yeah. Well, WCW at this time had also signed Hulk Hogan and started that NWO thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's that dude, that Eric guy who was like the showrunner at the time? Bischoff, Eric yeah. Bischoff. Eric Bischoff. And they made the mistake at WCW of giving Hulk Hogan like all the creative control. And that was a huge mistake. And like a lot of wrestlers, Hulk Hogan is a giant narcissist. Yes. So like anything that made him look even a little bit bad was never going to go over mm-hmm. well with Hulk Hogan. So as good as this money was, and WCW ended up paying out way too much considering the creative control not being like dispersed out yeah and also with hulk hogan's click like razor ramon and diesel went on to join the new world order with hulk so Mm. and that was all politics right there i was like oh because we get to all be constantly over all the time yeah and in the long run they lost that ratings game because it just became boring yeah it became the hulk hogan show it was like one good idea and then just beat like just the dead horse then from then on but like WWE kind of does that a little bit now. And, like, it wasn't until they, they started moving people from, like, the, the quote-unquote draft they had for Raw and SmackDown that, it, yeah. to me, it felt like they actually switched everything around. And it wasn't just the, oh, Charlotte Flair's winning again. Or even when Kofi Kingston won the belt, like, I was shocked by that. Yeah, yeah. That's around when I started watching because I, yeah. I like Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. And and I was also mad when he lost the belt in like 10 seconds. Yeah. But the WWE now, it's it's got a staff of like 40 writers. Mm-hmm. Like people who don't wrestle. And it the WWE's also given writers a bad name because oh, yeah. what will happen is they'll do these storylines. It'll be like stupid shit. And then Vince at any time can come in, look at the script and be, be like, like, no, nope. throw this out, let it go. So you just got these reactionary patterns yeah. in which things will suddenly just not matter that you've built up or something that looks like it's being done right will just suddenly like, why did you make this guy lose at this yeah. time? Yeah, go you a different course. In AEW, it's like the owner is Tony Khan, mm-hmm. whose dad owns like the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's no like actual like official script writers. It's 
they have a big meeting and mostly it's other wrestlers yeah and they decide they decide what the direction is and everyone else is just given an outline of things they need to touch base on and then they got to cut all their own promos from then on that's the way to do it and it's working yeah in terms of good wrestling entertainment mm-hmm. so let's just spend the rest of this podcast pushing AEW. let's do it we're gonna put over AEW. it's the best <laughs> Thanks, AEW. Vince offers way less than the $9 million for three years, but his offer goes to 20 fucking years. Yeah. There's no way Vince McMahon would sign anyone to a 20-year contract now. That seemed a little excessive to me. It was a lot. Now, you'd think that Brett would be like, well, $9 million for three years, mm-hmm. uh, and the other is less for like two decades. Yeah. But Brett's brain about it, he, he literally asserts so much honor into wrestling that he was like he's like one of those old baseball players that's just like look I just want to stay in the same club I don't care I just want to play yeah I just want to play like loyalty is a big thing for him I wrote down I was like stop being so stubborn and that's it's interesting because the other show is doing a lot better yeah at this time and he's like no I'm like loyal to Vince but like we say, things are changing. Mm-hmm. And this may not look like a good deal in Vince's eyes at some point. Oh, Vince. Uh, but Brett's on Raw, and uh, you see Vince looking very nervous. Look, you really get the camera on Vince's face to see how he re- these small reactions yeah. he does when these wrestlers go. He's a fucking control freak. And even though he's got the fucking XFL now, which is going to go under like it did last time. Yeah, I'm shocked that it will. I mean... Are they even doing matches right now because of coronavirus? Yeah, that's true. I've, uh, the WWE events are on. The XFL, which Vince also owns, that's why I mentioned it, is, I think, going to be performing to empty crowds. Yeah. And some Japanese wrestling promotions mm-hmm. are also performing to crowds of zero oh, shit. in arenas. And it's a little weird because crowd reactions are a real big part of wrestling. It's yeah. kind of how... You can know to change up things on the fly mm-hmm. if something's not going over. Yeah. So it just must be really challenging just to like do Just like practice that. for them. Well, WWE could do it because everyone's just told how to think and do it. So yeah, be they, like, know, they can do it. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. There's a story going on where Brett is starting a feud with Stone Cold. And Stone Cold, we see Brett give his glasses to his mom. You see Stone Cold go over there and talk shit to the Hart family, which... Seems like mean because like the because the stew and the mom are elderly, but it's actually something that they're completely used to and totally can go along with. Especially the mom, she just doesn't care anymore. Uh, Brett tells the story of a time of the time he broke his sternum, and he's trying to talk about the realities of wrestling. Yeah, there. Dino Bravo like slams him on a rail and it cracks, mm-hmm. and um, Dino keeps stomping him because he doesn't realize he's. Because like, he didn't, like, say anything to, like, stop. Yeah. And and eventually he just put himself in a position to get counted yeah. out. And you just see him. His sternum is fucking cracked. Ugh. And he's just lying on the ground. He's done. Oh, Hunter Hearst Hems- Helmsley is the super heel of this time. He's pretty much healy for the most, the, all of his career. Yeah. He also started NXT, like, the, the what is considered the developmental brand, which in terms of wrestling itself is actually better than the bigger shows oh yeah much better he also had glorious locks of hair his original gimmick was like to be this snobby elitist Mm -hmm. like dress all proper austin starts to grow and grow in popularity and he cuts this great promo where he's like if you put the letter s in front of hitman 
You've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. Is, Shit, man. Is is Steve Austin America's official redneck? Yes. I think he is. It's, it's Steve Austin followed by just Steve Austin. <laughs> Steve Austin it's again. Just, it's just Steve Austin uh, Steve Austin bald followed by uh, Steve Austin with hair when okay. he was younger. Yeah. Younger Steve yeah. Austin. Give me a hell yeah! And Vince wants Brett to heal out. Brett doesn't really like it, but he becomes a heel to American audiences. I was told, America, love it or leave it. I've been all over the United States of America, and the one thing that I've in particular looked forward to is loving, leaving it. Because he's trashing the American audiences. We see a bloody match where Austin loses. And we see Brett kick him when he's down. And that triggers his heel move. Because that's not something that uh, hug the children, give your glasses to kids. That actually would do that kind of shit. And uh, Brett says how he talks about how he took the fans jeering personally. Mm -hmm. Which is so interesting. It's like all I've done for you. And you're going to like just hiss at me like that. Well, and like they had, they showed like a couple of like the, it came off like a rally, like a Trump rally to me of just like talking about how this is America. You can't talk about this kind of shit here in America. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what, what is happening with like their American <laughs> flags? And they're just angry about how he's talking, talking about them. It's just like, that shows how like real people think yeah. wrestling is. Well, reactionary jingoism was a big part of wrestling oh, yeah. for the longest time. Brett does a full on in the U.S. heel turn, and he's saying America's wrestling fans can kiss my ass. And he talks about all these criticisms of America, and I was like, oh, he's kind of right. Canada is a country where we still take care of the sick and the old, where we still have health care. He's pretty right. He's not not too far off there. One thing I've learned is that Americans will do absolutely anything to screw you. But you go to Canada, the entire arena is like erupting for Bret Hart. People really connect with his style and his personality. Mm -hmm. It almost seems like some of these people are like want him to adopt them and be their dad. Last week... I said the United States of America was one big giant toilet bowl. If you were gonna give the United States of America an enema, you'd stick the holes right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. (laughs) I like Pittsburgh, I think it's a fun town. But later on camera, he's like, Retrospect, now looking back, I think it was a mistake to say that. It's That's not me. Uh, I wouldn't have said that, and I don't personally think that if I was going to stick the hose in the United States, I w- certainly wouldn't look at Pittsburgh. Um, maybe Washington. Maybe Washington. Just being such a nice guy, being, being a wuss. Like. Uh, you see a lot of people talking about how much they love Brett. I like the guy in the Bud Weiser shirt. You remember that mm-hmm. with the frogs? Yeah. Bud Why? I miss those commercials. <laughs> Bring them back. This is this was uh, like a blast of the past of uh, of nineties. Some glory days. Yeah. Um, Pre adolescence transitioning into adolescence mm-hmm. is good stuff. Oh, that the American flat fan. He said he was an American fan, but he had a Canadian flag and was wearing like wearing a it, yeah. shirt. He's like, I just like Brett. I just really like He's Brett. Great. I think every all his criticism is dead on. <laughs> 
Dead on. Uh, there's a lady who said that Brett led her to go to school for computer graphics. I wonder where she's at right now. I hope she's a designer for WWE and living out her dreams. Uh, well, let's hope so let's for the hope best. So. <laughs> we go to New Jersey. Brett against The Undertaker, who still is not as much, but is still at it today. I, I also really enjoy The Undertaker. He can only do tombstones to people of a certain size. Yeah, or he'll kill them. A tombstone is just like a pile driver, but done by the Undertaker. Yeah, I love it when wrestlers will take a, a move that's been around forever and just rename it. Yeah, it'll be their signature move. But in the Brett versus Undertaker for the belt match, Shawn Michaels will ref the match, and Brett is concerned that Shawn will scoop his heat. Heat meaning the excitement or the anger from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want Sean to distract him because Sean is arrogant. Yeah. You could tell that Brett will work with him. You know, he's got to be used to working with dudes he doesn't like very much. But Sean's super arrogant. And Sean is big on backstage politics at the time. He's in this crew called The Click with uh, Triple H. And at the time, Diesel and Razor Ramon were in that too. And, And also, Triple H is married to Vince McMahon's daughter, has like two kids. Stephanie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has two kids with him. So that's the status that Triple H is in. He's in a creative control environment. Were they already married at the time? Not at this time, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Stephanie was like underage at this time. She was like a teenager. Probably. And they do a move where Sean cheats the match to make Brett win. That way Undertaker can lose. This undead wrestler can lose without looking too inept. And Brett confesses that he's feeling closer to getting out and you kind of get the feeling that vince is also rethinking this contract yeah and i don't and i think when he wanted to sign on to brett it was at a place of like he's he's my big star he's my champ Mm -hmm. but suddenly stone cold steve austin is catching on like wildfire yeah and that and he's like i can make more off of this guy it's becoming very obvious yeah. i still think stone cold shirts are still like in the top 10 sellers like to this day. oh yeah i remember in high school they were everywhere yeah it was when i was growing up it was it was stone cold it was rock and china yeah those were those were like the three big ones when i was like growing up degeneration x we still i still have a degeneration x shirt (laughs) i wear it occasionally so yeah that's when degeneration x was going real hard yeah that's when i was i was walking away Mm. i caught it off and on but i was kind of just you're like nope not not playing with this shit we meet brett's wife julie who as you can imagine does most of the work are you looking forward to the day when brett hangs up his boots I've been waiting since he was 25, Paul. (laughs) You know? So what? It's been 18 years now. You know? I'm sure he'll be involved in it somehow. You know? You've had enough. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time to be normal. And she looks fucking beat. And you can tell that she did not expect her life to kind of be like this. Was his wife a wrestler? No. Okay, I didn't think so. She, we see a glamour photo of her when she's younger. Maybe yeah. she was a model or That's something. That's what made me think that she was a wrestler like that. But I could tell that she wasn't. But what's striking about Julie, and I mean, you know, she's a woman who's had four kids. Yeah. How kind of 
regular she looked. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because a lot of wrestlers will, I guess, you know, I don't know, be, you figure they'd be a little more shallow, but it seems like. Brett is just a, just a regular Canadian guy. He's, he really is just like, I'm just a dad who wrestles. And she's got a really thick Canadian accent too. Oh, so she definitely is Canadian. Yeah. And, and a kid named Blade. Who wears Undertaker shirts? <laughs> yeah. Well, the kids did love Undertaker. He was Undertaker was popular for. I think he's he still is. He still is. I mean, he fought he fought Hunter a couple of years ago. See Shawn Michaels. We see his entrance. Always love his theme song. Uh, he's picking his nose with the Canadian flag because yep. they're building the heat. They're in Madison Square Garden, in New York, in New York City. Maybe you heard of it, New York. Uh, two months before Montreal. And you see Sean chasing Blade around the ring. Yeah. And that's when Vince comes out and he says, I, I want out of the 20-year contract. I mean, it was kind of a, it seemed like a ridiculous move when you heard it. But it seemed, but Brett's also like a little wary as well as he's not really enjoying his creative direction. I wonder like whenever Vince came up and said that, I was thinking of like if there was because I unless I missed it and they didn't say and they said something about it if there was a clause in the contract that like at any point Vince could be like I want out of this. Yeah. Because most times when it's those types of contracts it's like you if you're breaking it then you have to pay this certain amount, you have to do this, you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. So there's probably something in there that it's like if Vince doesn't want this anymore, it's done. Vince is citing financial peril. Yeah. And he probably is not making, turning that much of a profit right mm-hmm. now because he's losing the ratings war at this time. Brett faxes the end of his contract. We see him at his home. He faxes the end of it. Brett is negotiable. He yeah. is like, his sense of honor will allow him to kind of like figure this. I'm sure he got a nice little payout, you know. More than likely. But he's gone in four weeks. Brett talks about how... There's so much going on in wrestling that is raunchy and sexual. He's such a Puritan. Mm-hmm. And, He's wholesome like Tom Hanks. And we see Vince's infamous Attitude Era speech. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero urge you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. And we see guys like Dave Meltzer and other wrestling journalists discussing issues. He says that there's no good or bad anymore. There's no black or white, just shades of gray. According to Vince, then, is there no right or wrong anymore? In a way, it's a, it's a little piece of sleight-of-hand trickery he's doing here. We could have complex stories that won't offend kids. You can have moral relativism without having uh, racist or sexist slurs. It's not even that wrestling was growing up at this time. It was more like it it came away from the 10-year-olds and more to the 17-year-olds. It's a way to justify anything as being okay, whatever's convenient at the time. It's a way to justify they want to do men beating up women, they want to do racism. Since there's no good and evil, anything is allowable. Henry, do you have a problem with that? But this is not a unique offense of Vince McMahon. I mean, we market Freddy Krueger costumes for nine-year-olds. True. Quite frankly, throwing at the rules has made a much more exciting WWF entertainment. I mean, I may be morally politically upset by some of what's going on but as a fan i'm not being treated like a baby in the way that i was when vince would have two wrestlers in a diaper match i don't know who i don't know who that one guy was that looked like an mit professor but like when he was talking about everything i was like i mean yeah it kind of it 
makes a little sense, but at the same time, it's like Vince also needs to figure out how to make money, and yeah. right now it is being raunchy as hell. Vince has apparently leaked. It's strongly suspected yeah. of Vince. It's obvious that it is. Mm-hmm. Leaks that Bret Hart is leaving. So that I guess that allows the politics of it to kind of come at it from multiple angles. Yeah. So emotions are getting heavy. He's in the limo talking about it with uh, British Bulldog and Jim Neidhart and the Honky Talk Man. That's a throw. That was, that was a throwback. Yeah. Honky, I love Honky Talk Man when he was, I was a kid. He would come out, look like a low-rent Elvis. And what, he was always a heel. I never remembered him being a face. No. And he would beat you with his guitar, which would be this very balsa wood-looking guitar. <laughs> and uh, Brett's like, the baby face has to prevail. But he doesn't want to lose the belt to Shawn Michaels in Canada. So Brett is talking to the ref of the match, Earl Hebner. And he's like, you're not going to screw me right. Like, well, this is going to go on the up and up. Well, I don't have to worry about the referee tomorrow because I talked to Earl. He swore on his kids that he's not going to let anything happen. And I can trust Earl. Folks, we're getting into one of the most iconic stories in wrestling history. And Earl swore to Brett on his kids that he wouldn't screw him over. Don't do a fast count. Don't dick me over. Just just let, let it happen. Brett describes losing in his home country. He says, Really what they would prefer to do to me tomorrow is to, a uh, way I would liken it is to actually rape me in the, in the middle of the ring. And it'll be really tough for me to, to, to get through the next few weeks if I even make it that far. I have no idea if I make it that far because I won't let them rape me. A little dramatic there, but, you know, it's kind of tradition. I think Brett's plan is to, he wins this match and then he just forfeits the belt. But there is a tradition in wrestling that if you're going to leave a company, you leave on your back. You leave putting over someone else, a younger guy. So in a sense, in terms of what is often done in wrestling, even back then, Brett is kind of trying to avoid some of that. Yeah. And But what do you do? It's scheduled. He's supposed to be gone at this time. Maybe negotiate him staying around for one more week and he loses the belt on Raw or something. I don't know, in a, in a U.S. town? I don't know. It, I don't know how far on Brett's side I am on this. Yeah, and it, it kind of was, I was thinking about how he he turned down the the WCW deal. Yeah. Like, you, you kind of put it on yourself. Like, you could have been big over there and, who knows, changed the course of WWE and WCW as we know it now by going over there. But you already made your decision and now the shit decision that you made has backfired on you, kind of. Yeah. And you're having to deal with the repercussions, and you don't like it. Plus, he's not wanting to stay now because everything is like... Is raunchy. Becoming attitude. Yeah. Era. Of the part where directors, the director's just talking to Blade. A lot of guys here that are friends. It's me. Apparently, everyone knows me. So, sort of, what's it feel like? Sort of like losing friends? Or? Yeah, kind of. Do you understand why, why your dad's moving? Blade is always around. <laughs> I think he's my favorite character in the documentary. The mom. <laughs> you like the mom? I love the mom. Does it have to be wrestling Does all it the have time? to be wrestling all the time? Brett is wearing a wire. His mic is still on when he goes to a pre-meeting with Vince. Mm-hmm. 
I never ever wanted to leave here with any kind of bad feeling. But this week has been a bad week for me. I feel kind of betrayed a little bit. Well, I do too, a little bit. And again, all we're talking about really is Ted Turner. That's what's coming between you and me, and that's all. I can't tell you how appreciative I will always be for everything you've done. I didn't want to leave with any problems. I actually didn't want to leave at all. And then it's the point where there was no other choice but to go. The way this whole thing has been depicted, it's really hard for me as a hero here to come up short this weekend. Um, what would you want to do today, then? I'm open to anything. I think what I'd like to do is get through today. I think tomorrow I should just go in and do my speech and forfeit the title. I think it allows me a chance to leave with my head up and leave in a nice way. I mean, I don't have to beat Sean. We can have a schmoz or whatever you want. I, I would think it'd be a run-in type thing. But, yeah. But I'm open to anything. No, I think that's... I'm open to anything. Like I said before, I'm determined that this is going to wind up quite well. It's hard to convey if you're not, like obsessed with this shit i understand if anyone's not <laughs> but this idea that you're going to hear my audio of a personal meeting yeah. with Vince mcmahon of one of the biggest things that happened in wrestling is unheard of yeah it is like a big deal mm-hmm. but they very loosely agree that brett would relinquish the belt and say goodbye which does kind of seem cheap you know it might also like and also it would bury sean yeah it would He'd beat Shawn Michaels and he'd be like, okay, I'll just leave this belt here. It's almost like a, it becomes a consolation prize. What happens to the belt, you know, yeah. after that? If you're going to leave, it should you should let someone pin you. But he, he says he doesn't mind that. He just doesn't want it to happen in, in Canada. Meanwhile, we see Shawn Michaels humping the Canadian flag. That's Best been his, part of the whole documentary. <laughs> that's, his, that's been his whole spiel pretty much is like he just... Hump shit. Uh, he go. He goes degeneration. He de- he becomes his degenerate self over the Canadian flag. Mm-hmm. See the match. It goes off. Sean is selling the blows. There's an accidental hit of Earl Hebner, the referee, and apparently the match is supposed to end on a big run in, which is when just a bunch of people run in and interrupt the match and uh, DQ it, and then uh, Sean Michaels hits Brett in his own maneuver, the sharpshooter. Yeah. And he flips him over, and he squats, and suddenly Earl Hebner calls the match. Yeah, that was Brett, I. You could see it in Brett's face. Brett did not tap out. Yeah, he's just going along with the agreed. Yep. Play by play. Mm-hmm. Earl calls it DQ, and he fucking runs, runs Ran out of that ring. out of there. And then uh, Brett gets up. Shawn Michaels is like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Which is hard to believe. And then Brett hawks a big gob onto Vince's face. Called them lousy bastards. I mean, I gotta say, if you were at this show, you got your money's worth. Oh, yeah. Because you got some shoot shit all of a sudden. (laughs) Shoot shit. People are like angry at each other. And Sean swears he's not in, in on it. And we see Julie scolding Triple H because she knows that he probably knows about it. She was like, you could, she was like scolding like Triple H, somebody else. I couldn't, I don't know who the other person was that was standing there. Probably like Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, but there there are like three of them and she was just going at them and they're just just looking downcast like if you do something bad and your mom's hollering at you. Because you guys knew it. Swear to God. You knew it from the very beginning. All of you. I swear to God, I knew nothing. Yeah, well, swear to God, all you want, someday God is going to strike you down. I mean, yeah. I know no, you're upset. But no, I am upset. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know anything about it. You had just this. as much to do with it as the rest of them. I knew nothing about it. I'm sure you didn't. 
I'm sure you didn't. That really sucks, you know. They all go back to the hotel and have a big laugh, right? A few beers, you know. Just remember someday, Hunter. What goes around comes around. It doesn't come around. No. It doesn't you know, come around. He uh, he consolidates more power. And unless his marriage is terrible, I can't say that he's probably suffering that much. No. He's only gotten, like, insanely richer. He has to wrestle, like, once every five years, every blue moon. So Brett is, like, breaking things backstage. And he's people are talking to him in the locker room. You hear Shawn Michaels off camera, like, I swear I didn't know. With, with Blade just sitting there. <laughs> Blades just watching his favorite wrestlers like disrobe, just, like being like, "Hey, I didn't know, man. I didn't know, man. What's that like? You're wearing an Undertaker shirt, and then you see Undertaker's ass <laughs> changing out of his drawers. I don't want to picture that. But then uh, the camera goes off, and then it comes back on, and it's in front of Brett, and he says, "Oh, Vince ran into my hand." Yeah. And basically, what happened is that Vince went in to talk to Brett, and there's so many stories around this. Mm-hmm. And I think Vince expected to get punched and was like, well, I mean, Vince is a notorious workhorse hard ass. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess I'll be taking a punch. So Brett hit him and like knocked him stone cold out. Give me a hell yeah. Well, and like no Brett asked intended. for no cameras in there. Yeah. Like he said, you guys need to get out of here. But he did deck Vince. Yeah. And the evidence is that you see Vince walk out with some producers. <laughs> Limping. And he is like in a daze. Yeah. He looked like he probably got a concussion. Well, even in the video, because I, I forgot about the punch because it's been so long, but growing up with like the Attitude Era, the the very beginning of the documentary, you see him with like the slight black eye. I loved it. And I had to ask my boyfriend, I was like, why does he look so bad? And he goes, you don't, you don't remember. He just got punched. He, he and... got the shit punched out of yeah. him. And I was like, oh. Uh, Brett called the punch a Stu Hart style judgment call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we're nearing the end. It's pretty much the, that's called the Montreal screw job. Yeah. And it is very infamous amongst wrestling fans. And it, and it signaled a transition into a different era of wrestling in which the biggest ratings WWE would ever have would occur after this transition Mm -hmm. took place. So it's like literally the, 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 the corny Hulkamania take your vitamin shit was dead. No more. Which Brett kind of represented in its truest way that he wanted to. The wholesomeness. And it went into Stone Cold giving the finger, shotgun and beers, being a badass. Me. Hell yeah! It it went into your style. Yeah. And and we see see the next week on Raw, Brett is gone from the WWE. We see a little person dressed like the Hitman, which is classic uh, wrestling trope. Yep. Midget wrestling. Have you ever been to a midget wrestling? No, match? but I would. They do them here in Nashville. Yeah, I'm. I'm look. I'm, we've been looking occasionally into some indie shit. We need to get to. Them. Yes. But Brett, he says. Bret Hart came home. He's fine. What they did is they murdered this hitman character. And the movie ends on Brett and Stu just walking out on the, their estate. A very kind of sweet moment, considering. Brett would go on to sign with WCW. After that moment, he was in the middle of the ring after the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. And he made, and he did with his fingers. The WCW. The WCW signal. Yeah. And unfortunately, the problems I had said earlier regarding WCW, mm-hmm. he was completely misused. Yeah. And they totally squandered 
like a guy who in the wrestling world is like a living legend. Yeah. That was also a, a true sign that WCW was running on the fumes of one good concept and was crashing and burning. And the and WCW would go out of business in 2001. And the last couple of years were notorious for being some of the, what many say, some of the worst wrestling that's ever was been. Was Brett before. on it until 2001? I don't know if he was on it that far in. I could be wrong because I've got like a 2000s gap. Yeah. But I think he did come back maybe off and on throughout mm-hmm. the 2000s. Because like, like I said, like I wonder what it would have been if he had signed on at the beginning. Yeah. Versus going on what like a year or so after after he was supposed to do that i know hogan and the new world order had firmly consolidated their control yeah so it was just conceptually being run into the ground Mm -hmm. at this point there Mm -hmm. just wasn't any smart place for him i think goldberg was like the only other element that was like really over yeah in that and sting uh remember sting the guy in the makeup oh yeah i was a total i was a wwf kid yeah. So I didn't watch that much WCW. So a lot of it is just kind of like in hindsight. And is Sting the one that became mayor of no- Knoxville? No, that's Kane. Kane. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kane, Sting, same name. And that's that movie. <laughs> Kang. Kang. Hitman Heart, Wrestling with Shadows by... Paul J. Paul J. There we go. Felicia, we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale. Nope. That's fucking bullshit. We're done with it. We're done. We use Werner Herzog, the German filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to inject him into this film about wrestling. By We're going to give it one through five Herzogs apiece. And then we will combine them for best out of ten Herzogs. I'm trying to find a balance here because I'm definitely intrigued with the subject matter and the history of it. I do have direct memories of this time. So I got a nostalgic thing for it. And I'm wondering if that is making me go too far over into the positivity. But honestly, in terms, you put it up with so many other wrestling documentaries. And I think you'll find that there is really nothing like this out there. And it's on fucking YouTube. You can just go on YouTube and watch watch this. The access behind the scenes. The timing of it. And the era of which things are happening. So many superstars going on here. And the fact that you get hot mics in private meetings with Vince. Yeah. And and this is a Canadian film. Uh, the Canadian government, I don't know what the status is now, but the Canadian government used to give people money to make movies. Mm-hmm. And I could imagine, and in, I mean, Brett is still gigantic in Canada. I mean, he's, a, he's considered a living legend. Yeah. And even like the silly shit in this, the stuff that seemed almost quaint and corny, somehow works. You put all this in a package together and... I still got plenty to watch, but in my mind, this is the best wrestling documentary out there. Wow. And maybe, maybe I'm going too hard. Oh. I'm going to give it a five. Wow. Contextually of what it is, I think, and teaching you about the business to a layman, I really think this is something that is, it's almost a dumb accident on the director's part. The timing and the... He kind of got lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he really meant to do that other than just be like, I want to hang out with Bret Hart. <laughs> and, and, it, and, it, and it works out. Okay. Okay. Five. Yeah, I give it a five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give it a five. All right. I think because we're, it was your nostalgia 
for me, it was a lot harder for me to to connect with some of it mm. because I was so used to. I also really enjoy wrestling, but I grew up with that attitude era yeah. and the raunchiness. And for me, I didn't. And it might be like because of how the production was or whatever. And I also am a stickler for like if there's people in it and people and it's it's like you said, people who have not aren't used to this world and want to know like the backstage stuff. Just just put some titles of people's names. You know, that would have been very helpful. That would have been so helpful because there's so many people like if they're not in costume, his brother, for example, yeah completely forgot that was his brother until it popped up that's a good point actually because i recognize a lot of people but it's like right outside of my era where like a lot of them i didn't i just didn't know the names of and thank god my boyfriend was there to be able to tell me all these people's names but i i'm gonna have to give it a solid four i think that's a worthy score it's fair i think I too and really enjoyed being able to see like the the backside of everything, especially of this world that like so many people mock already, and that it's fake and that it's it's scripted and it's a male soap opera. But like we see how important it is to a lot of people, and how Brett even says like he wants to like be the voice for people and actually be there for them. And the raunchiness is just ruining it for the kids. And he wants to be helpful for the kids and all those kids running after him. And in, in India, I think like this, this documentary did a really good job of being able to show that it's not just, it's not just butt rock. Yeah. It's not just triple H and, and let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor. It's not just that kind of shit. It's it's it was good. Yeah. And then Vince fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. But fortunately nowadays there's a lot of wrestling. Oh yeah. So explore your options on it. Just ja- watch whatever you want to watch. The Japanese go hard. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're really hitting each other, I think, sometimes. I mean, you I've seen it a couple times where like the like next week or somebody somebody has like bruises yes. on them. Yeah. And That's the kind of wrestling I and like. You cannot complain. No. You cannot complain. No complaints. So yeah, you take your four, combine it with my five. That's a solid number right Nine there. Nine out of ten for yep. what I feel like is the best wrestling documentary of all time. I mean, it definitely is. And I'll bo- go. With, I'll give it that. I mean, I've seen Beyond the Mat, another great one. Mm-hmm. And I think this edges it out in terms of timing. Edges it out. Whoa! He's back. Y'all, he's back. Did somebody say edge? We we certainly did, Randy. The little shit edge. He is a little shit. I'm going to hit him. Please, RKO him? With the most dangerous letters in sports entertainment. What would those be, Randy? RKO. Oh, yeah. So, how how many stars do you give this? We don't give stars. Oh? Oh? What do you give it? We give Werner Herzog. What the fuck is a Werner Herzog? He sounds like a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... In your world, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how many? How many did you give it? I gave it a good four. What did that little weird looking dude give it? He gave it a five. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Grow the fuck up. I'll be sure to let him know you said yeah, that, Randy. Yeah. 
I might RKO his ass. Out. Please do. I would love to see that. All right, you got it. I'm going to go do it right now. voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Thank you for this. Uh, I think Randy Orton's oh, following me. I, you better watch out. All right. Well, maybe we should get going then. Yeah. Uh, keep on docking. Bye. He'd uh, rub his hands together and he just, he'd almost start salivating at the idea of this uh, eager young guy. Phone is dinging. That's That's home, I don't care. And uh, well, it bothers me. <laughs> Maybe I should just take it out of the room. Yeah, bye, bye, phone. Goodbye forever. Buddy, pretzels up your legs. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. I love you, Brett. I love you, baby. We love you, They're the best. We love the whole Heart Foundation. They rock. They're the best. Like, he sees Sean and it makes him sick because his children are watching. Give me a hell yeah. He doesn't want his children exposed. Brett exactly. speaks the truth. He will always be my hero. Hell yeah. He's always, always my hero. Our hero. I love him with all my heart. <laughs>